All right, are we recording? Yeah. yeah. So I could... Get that at a height you want, and then don't touch it. Okay, yeah. Like, uh, see, so that's the thing better, yeah. that I might do. Yeah. Maybe that's the flaw with that design. Shit. I know, because okay. it is. It's very... Oh, I have no pockets. Welcome to Story District Presents, a podcast for people who love live storytelling. I'm Amy Sedman, your host and director of Story District. Story District has been putting on live shows, coaching, and teaching the art of storytelling in Washington, D.C. since 1997. Each week on the podcast, we bring you a story told on the Story District stage. Then you'll get a chance to meet the storyteller. Today we get to hear a story told by Katie Barrett on the theme, If I Were You, Stories About Giving and Receiving Advice. Katie is one of our faculty members at Story District, and she performed this story at our annual event called Top Shelf, a collection of our favorite stories from throughout the year. After we listen to the story, we'll sit down to talk with Katie and two of the characters from her story. And this is something that the audience does not typically get to hear. So here's Katie. So I am on the phone with my brother, and he is freaking out. He's like, you cannot go alone. You are a perfect target. They will trap you, they will keep you there, and they will eat you alive. And it may sound like I was about to go deep undercover in a biker gang, but no, I was just going to buy a new car. <laughs> and my brother was freaking out because he couldn't go with me. And it wasn't that he couldn't go with me at all. It was just that he was gonna be late meeting me there. Um, but that's, that's how protective my brother is. Um, when I was a baby, he used to guard my crib. And when I was in elementary school, he used to make his friends walk me home to make sure I was safe before they'd go off and play. And as an adult, if I get sick, there's a pretty decent chance my brother might bring me soup or just come over and keep me company until I feel better. Um, he's been there for every major milestone in my life. And I think he just couldn't stand the thought of being there for something like a car purchase, you know? But I, I felt like I was okay. I mean, I had done a ton of research. I knew exactly what car I wanted. I wanted a black Ford Focus hatchback stick shift. And, <laughs> and there were only two in the DC metro area and only one had heated seats. And I love heated seats. Thank you. I mean, it's not so much that I love heated seats, it's that heated seats make me feel safe and loved. And I had found this great deal online, and the next day was the last day of the month, and so I planned to get there early in the morning and buy this car. And so I said, Bob, don't worry about it. I'm not going alone. Dad's gonna go with me. And he was like, Dad, that's even worse. And he kind of had a point. Um, my dad and I are terrible negotiators. Like, my dad loves CarMax. Um, because, yeah, maybe you end up paying several thousand dollars more, um, but the whole ordeal is over quickly, and you don't have to deal with any unpleasantness. Um, my brother is an amazing negotiator. He's the only one in the family with any street smarts. He's, he's sort of alpha, you know, he's six foot two and, and very assertive, and everyone in my family is just a little bit afraid of him. Um, <laughs> Like when my brother calls my father, the custom ringtone is bad to the bone. So if he tells us to do something, we do it. And I think my brother was, was sort of envisioning a scenario where we would somehow leave having paid like $50,000 for a Ford Focus, which was not that far-fetched. And so he sat us down and he just gave us this lecture and he was like, listen, car dealerships are shady places. They will lie to you, they will cheat you, they will sneak in charges, you have no idea what you're in for. And he said, you will go there in the morning and you will test drive the car and you will wait for me. And we will test drive the car again and then we will go to Coons to see the other car. And I was like, um, Bob, the one at Coons doesn't have heated seats. And he was like, we're going to Coons. 
And he said, before I get there, you have to follow my car negoti negotiating rules. And the first rule was, you can't show any enthusiasm. And before he even finished saying it, he was like shaking his head because he knew there was no hope. Because my father and I are notorious for getting super excited about the dumbest things. Like my father once talked for two hours about how much he loves roasted chicken. And we were not eating roasted chicken at the time. The second rule was no small talk, keep your boundaries. But I get off like a two hour flight with like three hours worth of information about my neighbor. So that one was not looking good either. And the third rule was don't get comfortable. He said they have to know that you will walk out at any minute. So if they offer you a drink, you decline. If they ask you to sit down, you tell them, I don't sit down at car dealerships. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds awkward. And he was like, doesn't matter if it's awkward, does it? And I was like, no. So the next morning, my dad and I get to the dealership really early and we meet our salesman, Mike. He's really nice. We go for a test drive and we love the car. It's, it's zippy and it's cute and the heated seats are amazing. And it's got all these like voice activated Bluetooth commands and my dad and I are like making like robot voices as we test them. We're like completely blown away by very, very standard technology. And I don't know why my breaking point was when the dealer told me that the side mirror had this little section that was tilted so you could see your blind spot. But that's when I went full roast chicken. <laughs> and I turned to my dad and I said, what a simple but elegant solution. <laughs> so we were not doing great on rule one, but it was okay because Mike wasn't this like manipulative mastermind that my brother said he would be. He was really nice and we're having this great conversation. We're joking and laughing and there's a little bit of sharing going on. You know, he mentions he's going through a divorce and he's having some financial problems and he's got this daughter, Carly. She's, a thir she's 13, great kid, struggling with math. He'd love to get her a tutor, but you know. So we tell him, all about our family, everybody. We show him pictures of my brother's children. And next thing we know, we're back at the dealership and we're sort of like, ooh, we've kind of blown this one. So we go inside and Mike's like, let's go, let's go have a seat and look at the numbers, but first, can I offer you any coffee? And my father and I are just like, no. <sighs> like, so proud of ourselves for following this one rule. But then Mike says, are you sure? Because we've got this machine and it makes lattes and they're delicious. And my dad and I are like, whoa, that's a game changer. And I look at my dad and I think he's getting more indignant thinking about like, no one said he's gonna have to turn down a latte. And so he says to no one in particular, I can have a latte if I want a latte. And Mike is kind of like, oh, okay. So we go over to his desk and we sit down because it's super weird not to. And we go through the numbers. It's a great price. The trade-in is great. And my father is like, listen, you love this car. It's a great deal. We are not going to Coons. You're going to buy it. And I was like, that's right. And about two seconds later, the phone rings and it's da na 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 And my little indignant father blanches. And he's like, hello? Uh-huh, okay. 
he'll be here shortly. <laughs> and we both know, like, we're in the doghouse, so we have to start, like, hiding our tracks. And so we both just kind of, like, awkwardly just, like, stand up. <laughs> and we're trying to play it cool in front of Mike, so we just kind of keep talking as if it's normal for people to just kind of, like, sometimes they just stand up in unison for no reason. And I know I have to hide the evidence of the lattes, so I go to throw them out, but like in a trash can far away so he won't see them. And as I'm coming back, I see my brother walk in to the front door and he looks mad and I was like, oh my God, he knows. And my father just says, he is so gonna make us go to Coons. So we go for another test drive and my brother hates the car. He hates everything about it. And my dad and I are in the back seat, like two little kids like, did you see the mirrors? And then we are so busted on rule two because Mike keeps making small talk with my brother and talking about his own children. He's like, hey, Bob, um, I saw a picture of your son. He's so cute. I hear your daughter plays soccer. And my dad and I were like, Mike, shut up. <laughs> so we get back again to the dealership. My brother's like, we're gonna look at the numbers and then we're gonna go to Coons. And my dad's like, God damn it, you know? So we get the sheet out and we look at it but suddenly there's an additional $1,000 that wasn't there before. And I was like, wait a minute, what's this? And Mike's like, oh, it's freight, it's standard, it's standard. And I was like, that's kind of shady. And my brother's like, that's it, we're leaving, we're going to Coons. And my father, at the mere mention of the word Coons, starts bargaining and he's like, I mean, over the course of a loan, $1,000 isn't that much. But even I'm like, we gotta go, you know? So we start to leave and Mike, who has been so nice up to this point, just kind of like a switch goes off and all of a sudden he's like really aggressive and he walks around the desk and he gets between my brother and the door and he blocks him and he's like, what are you doing, man? And my brother's like, you're trying to screw my sister over and he's like, why you gotta be like this with this sort of like bros over hoes attitude but like, he's literally my brother so it doesn't really make sense, you know? So they start getting in this like heated debate and it's getting more and more tense and their chests are puffed out and their pupils are dilated and I'm pretty sure they both were wishing they had antlers. <laughs> and it, it just continues to escalate until it gets to a point where I actually think Mike might hit my brother. And the manager comes running over and once Mike sees him, he remembers himself and he sort of calms down and he's like, hey, you know, you said some things, I said some things. And the manager is like, I'm so sorry. I'll take off the freight, we'll take off more money. Just please don't leave. But we are just like stunned, you know? So we say, we, you know, we gotta get, we gotta go. So, so we walk out the door and my father is behind us like a little kid kicking the ground like, I don't wanna go to Coons. <laughs> and we get around the corner and I look and my brother's demeanor completely changes. His face lights up and he's like, oh my God, I love the car, it's great. And I was like, what? I thought you hated it. And he was like, no, no, it's great. And this is a great price, you're getting a great deal. You should totally buy it. And I was like, he almost hit you. And he's like, no, no, that's just, kind of, that's just kind of how it goes. And I was like, really? <laughs> so he's like, listen, you're gonna get your car with your heated seats. And my dad's like, and we don't have to go to Coons? <laughs> and my brother's like, we don't have to go to Coons. So we go back inside, inside and we sign the paperwork and it's a little bit awkward, but I got to leave with my perfect little car and I was so excited. And I would love to tell you that this whole experience just like opened me up to the ways of the world and now I'm an amazing negotiator like my brother. But the reality is that several months later, I found my thoughts sort of like drifting to Mike. And despite everything that happened, despite the fact that I know he was manipulating and lying to me, the only thing I found myself wondering was if his daughter was able to get that math tutor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, so this is an awesome, rare opportunity that we have two people, the key two people that are in the story, except for Mike, um, in, in the studio today. We have Katie's father, Rich Barrett. Hello. We have Katie's brother, Bob. Hi. <laughs> and so now it's your chance. Nobody ever gets this chance when they've been mentioned in someone else's story to tell your side of the story. I, I want to tell maybe a part of the backstory because there was a mention of CarMax. <laughs> <laughs> and about six months before this incident happened, I had a car in a mechanical shop and they told me that it was going to cost me more to fix a problem than the car was worth. So I thought, I need a new car. So I walked to CarMax and within one hour I bought a new car. A new used car. A terrible car. A terrible car. For too, <laughs> At a terrible price. For too much. <laughs> for too much. And then I walked over to the mechanical shop, got my car, drove it back to CarMax, and sold it to them for too little. <laughs> but it was done. It was done. So and he when, still has a terrible car. <laughs> <laughs> so when I said that I needed to go car shopping, there was a whole incident before this where he and I went to CarMax together. And when we walked in, there was a, the salesman who had worked with him was with another customer and basically just, there was like a whole line of people you have to like sign in. And the salesman saw him and he was just like, see a sucker to his current customer and just walked over and plucked us out of the line. Like, here we go, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I think they had my picture on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so on some level, Bob had good reason to oh, yeah. be concerned. Do you want oh, to speak yeah. to that, Bob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he bought a terrible car for a terrible price, <laughs> and he traded his car in for a terrible price. And I, I talked to him before, and I told him, don't go there. They're going to give you a terrible price. And he's like, are you sure? I said, yes. Why are you so good at this? Because I care. <laughs> well, you're, well he's, you're good at, like, being firm, you know, whereas I think... But like the whole, the whole act, the way you were, you acted like you didn't like the car. And I mean, you were so believable when you were at the second place. I think you're really good at it. So did you find that most of Katie's story was how you remember it? Most of it, yeah. So what wasn't? I would have allowed the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, the coffee is fine, but the sitting's not okay. <laughs> you can drink a coffee as long as you stand. Yes. I don't know oh, that I understand see, I that. Know, and you I, should be very clear. I do not sit in a dealership. Really? Yes, yes. You've done that. You've yeah. told people that. And they'll say, why? And say, because once I sit down, you're going to leave me there forever. Because mm. so. that's your whole thing. You say they like PSA take your to key. The public. To, they take your key to evaluate your trade-in, and they just like trap you there kind of. Because yeah. you can't leave, and then you're seated. And I mean, it makes sense. Okay, Rich, <laughs> is it as you recall? Yes, it really is. And uh, the, the thing I most recall is when that was when that phone went off with the bat of the bone, you know. It was really, it was like a wake-up call. So it is true that you're a little afraid of your son? Uh, no, I wouldn't say afraid. I don't think afraid is a quite, quite the right number because he's really kind of harmless, you know. I mean, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, it's more like we just know he has more sense than, yeah. than we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just like we're, we're all afraid of the truth. <laughs> There's another part of the story that didn't make it into this final version where the same day that they plucked us out of the line, there was a whole incident where you actually... <laughs> I double parked you. <laughs> he came and was like, get in the car. <laughs> he did, he did because... <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs> he 
called a few times where and Emergency I had been test driving this car and then and I wasn't gonna buy it, but he he was like, I think I might have the DAG or car. Like this whole thing can be over in 20 minutes. And he kept calling me and that at some point in the test drive, the car I was test driving, we paired my phone with it to test the Bluetooth. And so he called and I was like, Oh, be careful, I paired my phone with the car. And that just like tipped him over the edge. He thought I was gonna buy this CarMax star. So he like jumps in the car from Alexandria and like drives to Rockville and like pulls into the parking lot to stop me from buying this car. I was, I was already in Rockville. Oh, you were? Oh, I thought you were in Alexandria. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So, Rich, were you nervous about, like, what did it feel like to have be a character in Katie's story? It's, it's always, I'm always nervous when Katie's on the stage, and I think that's really the main thing. And uh, it was kind of funny to be, uh, to be a character. I, we, were, we were in the fr- one of the front rows, and, uh, you know, people around, uh, sitting around us knew us and kept turning around and looking at me and everything, but, which, was, which was kind of a funny si- situation. But, uh, but that's trumped by just being nervous for how well her story's going to go, you know, so... I'm curious, were you surprised with the way that you were characterized? Did you know you had that exu- you know you have that exuberance about things, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't you didn't mention T D Bank. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about that. I know about T D Bank. Yeah. Tell I, us about T D Bank. So one day actually it was the day after I told this story for the first time, which made it particularly funny. We were driving, uh, we were in the car, and I was in the middle of, t- of talking about something and my dad interrupted me very and he said, Katie, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just I just want to point something out and he he pointed over to the strip mall where there was a TD bank. And I was like, oh, well, what is it? He's like, it's a TD bank. And I was like, do you, do you bank there? Do they have good rates? Like, I was trying to figure out why he was so excited about this TD bank. Well, it turns out that he loves the architecture of TD banks, of their branches, and he loves it. <laughs> so he was going on and on, and he turned to me with this, like, look of wonder. He was like, he's like, I mean, they're all like that. They're all amazing. <laughs> so he just, but you don't bank there. Well, well, now you do. I, I do now, yes. But, but, but really, t- seriously, look at look at these TD banks, you know, especially at night. They're all lit up, lighted up, and you can see well into them, you know, and they're very inviting. <laughs> I got a picture of my kids in front of a TD bank in New York on Broadway. <laughs> Just for him. Do you want to ask them anything? Do you have any thoughts about well, what you Well, I guess, ask? what was it like for you guys to listen to it in the audience? Was it weird? It's awkward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of the, the touchy-feely stuff at the beginning was awkward. <laughs> but the story about Mike was just funny because, yeah, that guy was nuts. <laughs> he really was. I mean, yeah. he wanted to fight me. Like throw a <clears throat> fist. Oh, yeah. In yeah. his place of work. Yeah, yeah he was, I, I'd gotten under his skin. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but I had definitely had him very angry and he wanted to fight. Um... Because that's that's over. That's not normal car dealership problems. That's that's over the top. It's it's yes. I, I would say it's. I, I think would, he was so angry, maybe because he thought he it was done. Well, the, and then you came in and changed. The, the worst game. thing about it was that I wanted to buy the car. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, that was kind of like conflicted because a big part of me wanted to be, tell Mike to go have himself. <laughs> and. Uh, um, but I had to like kind of do a little bit of a throttle clutch where I didn't want to back down to Mike. Um, but I also didn't want to let it escalate so bad that we could no longer buy the car. Have you ever been in a fist fight? Uh, like, yeah, but not like, not horrible ones. I, I was a bouncer in college. So I kind of, I've broken up more fights than I've been in fights. I'll put it that way. So I have another question, n- not specific to this story in particular, but just Katie as a storyteller. I mean, were you surprised when she took this on as a, as a hobby? 
as a thing? Or when she told her first story, like the first, you, you were surprised. It, it was extremely strange the first time she did a story. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say more. Well, I, I thought, she, I mean, I just, you know, to stand up, in front of, stand up in front of a whole room of people like that and tell a story and do it well seems like a hard skill to have. And the likelihood that she was going to have it, you know, that any any one person would have it seems relatively low. And uh, and I think there were a couple terrible stories before her story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, when she went up, I was very nervous for her. Yeah, I, I, I was really, I was surprised. I mean, I, I, Katie's a very capable person and could do many, many things. And uh, But, you know, choosing this and doing it and doing very well, well, taking this chance because, you know, it's a, it's a risky business. It seemed to me at the time it was a risky business that you could be up there for seven minutes or 15 minutes completely bombing. Uh, whereas, <laughs> and, you know, no matter how good you were at it, no matter how good the story was, it could just not resonate. But, it, you know, and it was very successful, as you pointed out, but uh, I was very nervous about it, you know, the first time. And I was there the first time. And uh, Do you was, get nervous every time now? Uh, not as much now because I know, you know, I've seen enough of them that I know it's going to go well. Uh, but the first time I had no idea what to expect. Rich, so next time you need to get rid of this bad car that you paid too much for, what will you do? Will you go to CarMax? No, actually, I did get rid of that bad car, and I bought a new car recently, and I think I did everything right. I went to multiple dealerships. I checked online. I, I, uh, I, I bought it at the, at the last day of the month, at the last day of the quarter, at the last day of the year. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I followed every rule. I, I brought my own coffee. Uh, <laughs> he like and I, coffee's not a rule. <laughs> even though, like on the even coffee. though coffee's not <laughs> a rule. That machine is awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> he like brings his own Keurig and like plugs it in Well done. We're proud of you. I got a good price. Even Bob <laughs> thinks so. so. No, he did a really good job. <laughs> when he when he did buy the car, and he called me. He wouldn't tell me the price. Of the <laughs> <laughs> And then he lied about the price. <laughs> we round down. I was, like, I was like, no, you didn't get it for that. I was like, no, that I... doesn't make sense. And then he, then he told me the truth. <laughs> and it was a good price. <laughs> for today's episode of Story District Presents. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Visit our website, storydistrict.org, to find pictures and links related to this episode. And while you're there, get tickets to one of our live shows, pitch a story of your own, sign up for a class, or hire our fantastic consulting team for your business or organization. Our show is produced by Lizzie Peabody, Ronald Young Jr., Alana Nevins, Nick Hill, and Tim St. Clair. Special thanks to Katie Barrett, Bob Barrett, and Rich Barrett for joining us in the studio today. 
I'm Amy Sedman, and this is Story District Presents. We'll see you next time. If I were Ronald, if I were closer to Ronald, I would strangle him right now. Punch him in the nuts. No, there would be no violence. <laughs>